Hey, Joe. What up? Yeah, I like this idea of just recording a phone call between two countries and putting it out there for the world to hear. Two knobheads. Well, at least one. (laughs) So, what are you talking about today? Mine's about this um, Chinese prom attire. Tell me about it. So this kid in uh, Utah goes to prom. Uh She's getting ready to go to prom. She's looking around these um, just like uh, oh crap, what do you call them? Stores where you go and buy used clothes. Like a thrift store? Thrift store, thank you. Right. Wait, she's uh, buying her prom dress at a thrift store? Yeah. Wow, the world has changed. I know, right? Um, So she comes across this Chinese traditional dress. It's red. She falls in love with it uh, and wants to wear it. So she wears it, posts it up on Instagram or something, and starts to get crap from people saying that she's being culturally uh, rude. Because it's a giant, because it's like in the style of like a Chinese dress. Yeah, they call them a Chong Sam. Young Chong Sam. I'm not Chinese, so. It's going to be really racist here. Yeah, right. (laughs) It's going to maybe, what's the word, like, culturally. Okay, so she puts puts it on there. She gets all this criticism because that's what the internet's about, right? Some people People sitting behind their computers. Some people are criticizing. Some people are saying, dude, it doesn't really matter. And uh, I, just, so, I just think the whole thing is kind of stupid. Well, you know, I've heard this argument, right? And people are talking about the fact that it's like about cultural appropriation. Have you heard yep. this term? Yeah. So, you know, the whole idea is about, you know, people taking things from other cultures and like changing into something new. They might be sacred or, you know, like one of my friends was telling me about... Um, he was at this festival in the States where they raised money for, you know, good causes. And one of the things that they were doing is that they were making a, a totem pole um, and it was supposed to represent the values of the festival. And they'd been working on it for a couple of years. Well, one of the organizers of the festival spoke to one of the Native American leaders in the region and was like, yo, I don't know, a surprise meeting an event or something. And he was like, yo, isn't this a great thing that we're doing here? And he's like, no, the totem pole is, uh, you know, sacred to us and um, you shouldn't be using it that way. Now, they'd spent like a couple of years making it and a whole bunch of money as well. Mm-hmm. It was a beautiful thing. And then they decided to scrap it. And it was on the basis of the fact that, you know, cultural appropriation is the way that they viewed it was wrong. And... I don't know. I, 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 I don't know if I agree with it, to be honest. Like the whole hype over the dress and the hype over these other things, like, is it really wrong? I don't think she went in with the intent for it to be mocking the culture or anything like that. So I don't see how it could be wrong. Is it, is it only if you are, is it, is it all dependent on the intent? Like if you intend to be racist, if you intend to abuse this other culture, then it's wrong. I think that'd have to be the obvious 
I mean, obviously people going with intentions to be cruel and to be mean. She saw a dress. She thought it was beautiful. Um, she wasn't mocking the culture. She intently liked the dress and said, I'd like to wear this beautiful thing as one of the most important yeah. events of my life. And then people were going off on her. Like she's being culturally rude. And I don't think that's the case. Yeah. Looking here on the computer, it looks as though one of the big, you know, um, phrases that was retweeted was this guy's tweet that said, your prom dress. Not is, my culture. No, my culture. Yeah. yeah, exactly. My, my, my culture is not your prom dress. Exactly. Right. But then, you know, some people went and did like research in his tweets and they found like this one tweet that he posted a year earlier that said, um, eating tamales with chopsticks. This is what America is all about. <laughs> Isn't that cultural appropriation there? Like, <laughs> so basically he's just two-faced. Well, I mean, yes. And isn't everybody. Yeah. But, you know, you surely like, I mean, you and me, we've traveled a lot of countries in the world, right? So we've seen a lot of, you know, countries which have their own culture and everybody is of that one culture, you know? Isn't America the one place where cultures are supposed to be able to borrow from each other and experience the melting pot, you know? Yeah, it's supposed to be the melting pot. Oh, what's the other thing? The toss salad, right? Wait, well, what are we talking like about? Everybody now? all to <laughs> <laughs> no, because like mel- melting pot is like old and racist, right? Yeah. So they say it's like uh, toss salad. You have a disgusting mind. I think I think mean, it's sad because I've lived in so many countries where you know the dominant culture um, doesn't allow anything else in that. If we can't, if people can't bother, you know, use other people's culture in America, the food, the dress, you know, their language, the things you say, then it's a sad, sad well, I think world. When you, when you go to live in other cultures, you learn to adapt to them because that is, you're trying to respect their culture. You do things the way they do them for the most part. You do your best to become a part of that culture. And then in the U.S., it's so much a melting pot or this toss salad, if you will, that <laughs> anything kind of goes as long as your intent isn't to be disrespectful of that culture. And that the intent on this was not to be disrespectful. So I think the whole thing was yeah. blown out of proportion by a few people that wanted to be higher than, you know, holier than now kind of a thing. And yeah, maybe the cultural, maybe cultural appropriation is the new bullying argument. Yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah. So, you know, go ahead. There, is a, there is a cool Mongolian, there's a cool Mongolian proverb which says that if you drink their water, follow their customs. And, you know, maybe, maybe we've got a little bit to learn from that. But I must admit, I mean, being abroad, I don't, I don't like to integrate too much. Um, I knew this one guy who just dressed completely in in Mongolia. He dressed in complete like local clothing, but not like city local, but like out, like nomadic country local. He had like these felt boots on and a felt top and a felt hat. And, you know, I was like, I was, I was wondering if that was like integration too far. 
I wonder how that fits into the arguments. Like, you know, when you were in Cam- Cambodia, you know, you didn't put a, a sarong on at the end of the day. <laughs> no, like I said, it's, it's in the afternoon. Um, I yeah. mean, there's only so much I think you can do as well being uh, raised in one culture to adapt to another. But I mean, there's still different things you have to respect how you're greeting people, how you're treating people. Um, your attire, I don't think is that big of a deal unless like in Cambodia, you go in the temples to get into certain places. You had to wear long pants. Uh, women had to wear certain things. You know, there are some, some yeah. respects where attire comes into place. You couldn't be nude walking around the temples either as <laughs> we found out as well from uh, people being well, arrested. Yeah. Google those photos. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's too. You know, but I'm, I, yeah, I was born in Scotland and I'm trying to think of a way that someone could inappropriately wear the kilt. And I, I, I don't know, like wear it as a headdress on your head. I don't think people would be that angry. You know, like the, the, the type of material is always already used for all sorts of things. Uh, yeah, I just don't think. I guess the thing here is that nobody, you know, China is definitely not in uproar about the type of dress, are they? Right. Yeah. And does this mean that if, uh, you know, dictators around the world start executing people in jeans, that America can get pissed? Like, you know, my cultural clothing is not your executioner uniform. Yeah, it's a bit far. Okay, too far, too far. All right, well, let me so tell you about my... Yeah, let me tell you about my story. Um, so I watched this documentary the other day on Netflix called Take Your Pills. And basically, the documentary is an exploration of Adderall. How did American probably say that? Adderall. And, um, and the effect that it has on students and how it's become really commonplace for, especially for high school students but especially college students um, to, to be taking it in order to concentrate and to work. Now, when you're watching the documentary, like the first 60% just basically describes, it was just people describing their experiences on Adderall and how, um, all the perks. how good it is. Oh, the perks, right? So you're watching us being like, you haven't told me anything bad so far. <laughs> Basically, everyone's just being like, you take it and suddenly you're able to get all your work done, which actually would have been amazing because I was just writing a, a paper just now and I couldn't get my head around it. It took me hours to do. And so I could have done with some of those perks. So anyway, when you get to about 60% of the way through, they start you know, hinting at things like, A, it might be bad for your liver. Um, but I think like the most profound thing about it was the fact that they were like, yo, Adderall is an amphetamine and it's really just a purified version of methamphetamine. You know, there's a little bit of difference to it. And at that point, my mind was going like, whoa, like all these college students are on meth. Right. And, you know, meth has such a bad, has such a bad. Exactly. That that's something to sort of steer you away. Right. right? Anyway, my question to you is um, do you think the benefits outweigh the harm? If there was a pill that you could take that you would just get all your work done, 
and you would have it done well and you'd be successful in school and job and career and stuff like that, would you take it if it shortened your life a little bit? Well, you know me, I wouldn't mind a short life either way, one way or another. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I was, I watched the same thing. And you're right, it does show you all these perks and stuff. And then, then it gets into how it destroys your liver and it causes heart problems. And um, I actually have a friend who was on Adderall or Ritalin, one of the two. And right. he has heart problems now. Oh, yeah. really? How old uh, is he? He's late 40s, early 50s. Now, did he did he put it down to his Adderall or Ritalin yeah. use? Oh, dude. So, And it's not now, like his family hasn't had enough problems. Their daughter battle leukemia came over it his wife is now in her like fourth round of cancer battle oh yeah, my gosh they've, yeah they've been through hell and he's got heart problems with the ritalin so it's just like they can't get away from anything so is he successful though did he use it and like was, was he able to achieve a lot yeah with it like through college yeah, and stuff definitely um he's successful he's a top-notch engineer at some uh, company around here. I can't remember. Yeah, it's an aerospace. Wow. Um, oh, wow. But, um, yeah, but the cost to him is his heart problems. But whatever would have been the other cost? I mean, you know, how would he have turned out without um, a pill that caused him to focus? Who knows? I mean everyone's going to be different and then uh you can't really you can't really say what your success would have been if you're able to find another way to focus like that guy from the cleveland browns who's on that video who was on Ritalin, right um he said he started to do meditation and things like that to help him focus maybe it's not doing yeah exactly what the Ritalin or adderall was doing for him but it's helping him more than poisoning his body. Yeah. Well, you know, there was the, the one mom who they interviewed in the, in the documentary and she, she was a special ed teacher and she believed that people needed coping right. methods in order to survive rather than, you know, medication. I'm, I'm someone who didn't do too well in high school, but I kind of feel like now I'm back in college that, um, I've developed some coping mechanisms between high school and college. And those are, are what are taking me through. Um, but you know, that that's all about gratification there, mm -hmm. right? Like you have a choice like, Hey, you can go down this extremely hard path of 10 years of learning, you know, coping methods and to delay gratification, or we can give you a pill now and you can compete, but you're going to mess up I'll your health, you know? because <laughs> you like pills i am a walking pharmacy yeah all right man well this has been a cool international phone call sure i'll speak <laughs> to you next right. week bye